five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. This is from 13 years ago. <laughs> I typed in a search for, I don't remember, customer acquisition or something. Good afternoon, Bob. I was wondering if I could have $500,000 to upgrade our call center technology. Well, sure. In fact, sure. I think I'll just give you the cash. Just give me the wow. cash. Thank you. Buy yourself lunch. Nice. Stanley, stop goofing off, okay? I need you to work. I need you to work. Call center. Nobody's calling. You got me? Oh, Jim, hi. Hey, listen, I need you to find a way to connect our two contact centers with the ones from the new acquisition. Can you handle that for me? Well, of course. I can flip the switch, have it done right now. Knew you could. Uh, there's done. the switch. Great. Oh, and um, I'm out of M&Ms. Could you bring me a pack of those, too? <laughs> Excuse me? Hey, Bill. The CEO's ordered a new green initiative. Wants half of our contact center staff to work from home. Think you could set that up? No problem. That should just take a second. There you go. You the man. If only it were that simple. Nice work. With WSINet, it can be. How to improve your customer acquisition cost and grow ROI by John McDonald. Uh, every business school student learns there are only four ways to increase sales revenue. <clears throat> Get more customers, increase prices, increase the amount of average transactions. Some people combine these. That's famous. Get more customers, increase prices, <clears throat> increase the average order, and conversion rate. So they combine those. I added a fifth one because I can do that. I can type right on top of everybody's articles. <clears throat> Improve customer attention, more repeat orders. That might be the most important of all of them because the more a customer's worth, the more their lifetime value, the more you can afford to acquire them. Right. If your customer only orders once, we mentioned uh, Cherry's Berry, Sherry's Berries, <clears throat> where they, you know, it's a it's a Valentine's gift that, not, you know, most of them don't come back. And uh, the people who tried to get them to order other things, it didn't it didn't necessarily work for them. Um, but that's OK. You can have a perfectly profitable business model on selling, you know, something profitably with good margin to uh, a wide range of people. You know, it appeals to darn near everybody. Candy is good. And make a living that way. Uh, it's possible. But if you can get somebody to buy two times or three times or multiple times or addicting, <laughs> addicted behavior like we talked about yesterday, uh, well, then you're, you know, then you've got a home run. But you don't have to. But if you improve that customer attention, you may be able to, you may be able to do a far more profitable business. And we'll get into that in a second article. <clears throat> okay, get so anyway, so obviously those aren't the only things. There's number five. Improve the value of the customers you have. And we'll talk about that in the next article. Okay. So what is customer acquisition? You take your costs and divide them by, and here's a set of costs. Divide them by the number of customers you generate. It's not that hard. This guy very, very wordy here. <laughs> total sales and marketing for one some period of time by the total number of new customers acquired. By that period, 
There you go. You can further segment by marketing channels. Um, <clears throat> John here thinks that it's easy to keep track, and he says it three times. <clears throat> easy to keep track of that because, you know, we have such good tracking these days. But um, I would argue that we really don't. Um, that, at, that especially digital attribution is horrible. You really don't know a new customer from an old, and you don't know what channel really triggered his order. You only know probably the last touch, and that's one of the worst ways you can keep track of things. But, you know, I'm not going to – we're not going to argue with him. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's there's all sorts of mm, proverbs in this article. The average small uh, e-commerce business spends about $58, according to Shopify, probably a good number. If you're a luxury retailer, you'll spend more to acquire your customers. Why? You might not have to. You know, you'll have a better business model if you don't have to. And that's why sometimes, uh, that's why guys like Mark Ritson talk about branding. That that the more mm, prominent your brand, the more top of mind, um, the more likely people want to buy, you know. Um, I did a I did a, a keynote for R. R. Donnelly Printing back in the day as an emergency fill-in. Um, and I did get a standing ovation, but basically I talked about them and about how when you get into the direct mail business, you know, you want to be big enough to print with R.R. Donnelly. You know, like when you're in construction, you want to have a big enough company to, you know, buy that first Caterpillar. You know, you might be able to get a hoo-hoo uh, excavator, but you really want to get a Caterpillar. <laughs> I made that name up. I don't know that there's such a company as hoo-hoo. <laughs> Okay, so you can also take cost of goods into account. I would say, as I did uh, last week when we talked about cost of acquisition, you have to take cost of goods into account because, it, you know, it doesn't matter what you spend per customer if they don't make any profitability. If there's no profitability, so you need to take that cost in. And uh, and you should also, if it's if you can sell profitably, then you need to take that profit into account, right? And that's how you combine lifetime value. Um, so a lot of good, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good suggestions in here. Um, you can look for a, if you, if you want to lower your cost of acquisition, he says, John says, look for a less expensive marketing platform and target potential customers better. And often those are at cross purposes usually, right? And, uh. And direct mail is one of the more expensive ways to acquire customers. But what's interesting is I've consistently seen when we do look at the lifetime value, and we don't just we don't just take new acquisitions and multiply times the, the time we think they'll be with us and the number of orders that, that they'll give us. <clears throat> no, we actually take a historical model. We look at customers we acquired five years ago and see what they've been worth along the way. Um, look at the look at the time it takes to recoup our our investment in customer acquisition. Uh, those numbers are available in a good database, right? So rather than project this stuff. Um, but mail is one of the most expensive customer platforms, marketing platforms. But I consistently see a, a four-time increase in the lifetime value of customers acquired by mail. So something to think about, especially mail like a catalog. And we're going to have, I'm going to try and slip in a, a case study at the end. Um, and then um, compare your customer lifetime value to your customer acquisition cost, which is what I've been saying. It, he, he gets to it down in, in the bottom here uh, where he actually talks about the, the, right here, right here. This is the most important part. 
Now it's it's two thirds of the way into the article, which is a 10 minute article. But reducing churn, in addition to marketing costs, means you'll spend less to acquire customers and keep them longer, increasing the LTV to CAC ratio even more. This is the part. It doesn't sound like that was part of the equation. It wasn't part, remember? The CAC equation he gave did not talk about this, right? But the more a customer's worth, the more valuable they are over the next two or three years, the more you can afford to spend in, a, in acquisition. And so what we used to do is we used to help people maximize their retention, maximize their customer value, because customers are the ones you know everything about, okay? And then learn more about your customers make them more valuable and then what you learn can be applied to prospecting it can make that more efficient and you can afford to spend more because you can expect to get more from that customer see that so begin with your customers not your prospecting it's, it's a fallacy okay uh, and there's things you can do to increase your conversion rate um, then he gives a little case study um about how he helped a company i'm guessing uh he said let's say you have a two percent uh conversion rate increase up here so you go from three percent conversion rate to five percent not impossible oh i've seen it go way more i've seen increases way higher than that but anyway um and he says Tweaking the conversion rate by 2% resulted in a 67% increase in sales. But actually, going from 3% to 5% is not a 2% increase. It's a 67% increase in conversion rate, which results in a 67% increase in sales. Gee, the math works out. So, John, I have a hard time trusting someone who leaves out cost of goods in their, in their explanation of CAC and waits until the bottom half of the article to talk about customer retention and doesn't do simple math. But on the other hand, there's some suggestions here. Lots of stuff on testing. It looked like you wanted to really cover the waterfront, John. And this is about four articles worth of stuff. Um, but I do recommend downloading it and sifting through it, and you will learn some things probably get you thinking at least. Okay, here's another one that I, it's the author's not clear. European Business Review is acquiring new customers more expensive than keeping them, okay? And uh, loyal customers are much often much more valuable than the new ones. It's not always true. We mentioned yesterday that in hobby industries, um, you know, there's usually an initial small order, but then someone who's taking up hunting, for example, is going to buy a lot more stuff in the next year than someone who's been hunting their whole life, right? They'll need a, this or that, a little of this, a little of that, okay? Which is more important, customer retention or uh, – I, I can't keep a straight face. Studies have – acquisition or retention. Studies have shown – I always like when you started, but they do cite the study. It's five times more expensive. Acquiring customers is five times more expensive than keeping them, okay? So – so it makes a lot of sense to acquire new customers. Now, let's see if I can find the the article. The 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 uh, here's the study. Bain and Company revealed that a five percent increase in customer retention can increase profit by f at least twenty five percent. And what they were talking about was going from five percent retention to ten percent retention. Okay. 
which is not a 5% increase. But that's what the article actually says. That's a 100% increase. <laughs> and be, But because, you know, the 5% increase, which is not a 5% increase, it's a 100% increase, goes <laughs> increases the profit by 25%, they say it's 5 to 1 benefit. And, you know, you just have to shake your head at some of this stuff. Um, and that's pointed out. That was pointed out in another article I read uh, that, ba that Bain's math was off. And it's the same exact math error as John made. Okay, so let's figure out math. <laughs> and I'm doing this live. You can comment right now. And I will reply to you. This is live. And I'm doing the math in my head. And, you know, the guys I worked with in the beginning of my direct mail, man, they could throw numbers out of their mind so fast. I'm, I'm inept in comparison. But this is scary. Okay, so now I want to give, I want to talk about a little talk about and, you know, come to this afternoon, go over to WDMA, click the red button in the upper right and register for the meetup. It's at three o'clock Chicago time. And uh, I'm hoping for some people from Europe or maybe Africa today. I'm going to reach out to Mohammed, my friend in in uh, in Africa. And well, ha we already have two dozen people signed up. I think there's another email, a final email going out at two. Chicago time. So if you haven't seen one yet, you might want to look in your email, your inbox, or in your spam filter. <laughs> so obviously we're, you know, four whole emails for this meetup. Um, but we do have over two dozen people expected, so we'll see what happens. And uh, let's go on to the case study because that'll be fun. Here we go. Okay, this is a case study we did a, a couple of years ago with a company called Lovesack. <clears throat> and they are a furniture company. So it's it's uh, not the best. Well, let's let's do the case study here. Let's, oops, let's. Where's the case study? Turn off the PDF, and go here, and go here, and hit the button. Okay, about 80 stores, um, mature website. They've been in business for about 20 years. Um, a consultant said you should have a catalog, and they had disappointing results, especially with rented names. Uh, and then Patrick, uh, their VP of marketing, said, why, do we, why should we mail to people who've already bought? In other words, why spend money on retention when what we really need is awareness and customer acquisition? Uh, it was a complex sale. It was a complex product. It's not like buying a, just a, buying a couch, but it reassembles and does all kinds of features. A uh, relatively low number of customers, okay? Now... We started working them in 2014. We showed them some things to do, and uh, we worked with them through into 2017, where we, where they went from. So in that tenure, they went from um, I thought they went yeah they went from 50 thousand 50 million in 2013 up to 100 million uh, in 2014. This is public information. They went public after that. Okay, and um, we started working them with them on their acquisition on their acquisition percentage, on their conversion rates, on their response rates. Um, what we, One of the things we found was that they were spending most of their space in their catalog on stuff that generated almost no sales. Okay, the sales percent were this red bar, and this was the percent in the catalog, but two-thirds of the catalog was stuff that only was generating a little bit of sales. So we helped them with that. We helped them with analyzing some of the sourced products and helping change their layout. Uh, we analyzed where their customers were coming from, especially the new customers, and found that a lot of them were coming from around the stores. People did like to bounce on the chairs. 
not a big surprise. None of this stuff was a big surprise, okay? But all of it is important. And, um, you know, what this means is it, it's not enough to just send people to a website, especially when you're selling a tangible product, but you probably want to get more traffic at the stores. So, um, you know, we focused more on the uh, on their own collection. Um, I helped them even with the photography and some of the layout on this, but not on this one, but on the next one. I said, you got to sidelight these. <laughs> when you photograph them, you sidelight them so that the dent is clear. Otherwise, it just looks like a round ball, which this one looks like. And I said, you just put that in your photography spec. You don't even have to go and watch, which they got better at. Okay. And uh, so we helped them sort out the sales percent compared to and sales and margin compared to the catalog percent. And that was a good thing. Um, but then we got them into testing. I said, you know, you're 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 uh, we the first thing Patrick said when he when he asked the question, I said, well, we can we can we can actually figure that out. We can actually figure out what your customers are worth. Um, and what mailing the customers worth and what we what we what we did was we didn't mail some of the customers. That's the thing a mail can do that digital really can't do because your whole digital thing is going and going and going and you don't know where everything's going. You don't know where the ads are getting placed and no, you don't know if anybody's watching them. With mail, we know who gets mailed. We know it gets delivered. We know it goes to a decision maker. Right. All of these things. OK. It forces somebody to make a decision, either throw it away or save it. Make a purchase or don't make a purchase, but it forces a decision. You have to make a decision with mail because otherwise it piles up, okay? And what we found was that the return on investment on that catalog to their customers was about 300% EBITDA, okay? So if you don't know what numbers are, ask your CFO. And I love working with CFOs because they understand what I'm talking about and I understand what they're talking about. Um, I have no accounting training, you know, other than just self-taught. But anyway, so we, we were making so much money that I said, you know, you ought to be able to prospect. We ought to be able to do customer acquisition and drive traffic to the stores. And so we started testing. Um, we did revised holdout tests, and we actually found that with pass-along, with the neighbors that bought, very, very close proximity to the customers, that we had a 900% return on investment with that little catalog. We had a huge pass-along aspect, okay? And so then they started retargeting with mail, uh, and they started mailing to people who visited their website. That has continued to this day. We took what we learned from the tests because we did A-B splits on the offers and see how much real sales got driven into the store. Not just, Not just, you know, fake acquisition, but we targeted the people we'd mailed. We knew who we mailed. And we knew if they came in and bought and we targeted and we knew if the neighbors came in and bought because we could figure that out, too, with our matchback. OK, and so sales went up in 2017, 30 percent. Um, so anyway, here's some of the stuff. But it was all about the scientific method. You can do that with direct mail. I would recommend that rather than some of John's ideas that you try testing mail. And uh, there's a nice, there's a nice uh, audio that goes with this. But the bottom line, if we get to the end, there's, the audio. there's a couple of audios, is dramatic increase from 75 million to 100 million in the last year when we really got it going. And that audio says that the thing that really worked the best was the ability to tell what was working and what wasn't. And that you can do in mail because you have not just the responders, not just the orders,
but you have the people who didn't order. And in most of marketing and most of modeling, who you don't market to is more important because there's more of them than who you do. Something to think about. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.